3: Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and uh, our after show for the, what is this, the fifth episode of Book of Boba Fett? Or uh, should I say the Mandalorian? I don't even know what we're, hey, hey, what we're talking spoilers. about anymore. <laughs> the return of the Mandalorian. This is a great episode and, uh, you know, felt a little different, but, you know, let's we're going to dive headfirst in. we got a couple of voices joining us today and uh, we're going to be getting into all this good stuff with Din Djarin and uh, everything that followed. So, let's give this a go. Happy landing. All right, we are back in the escape pod and uh, in person with me at the home studio we have uh, our co-host blake welcome back to the show
2: hello there hello thanks there me,
3: man mcclunky <laughs> and uh <from laughs> joining us remotely we have uh we have calvin welcome back
1: hi there thanks always good to be back on the old escape pod always good to Thank have you for there. this one
3: yeah and uh we have uh bryce also known as Wado, on the on the video <laughs> <laughs> hello
4: evening guys <laughs> evening. i was gonna say at the start of the the music i totally thought that was blake at, at first like doing the chanting
2: yeah
4: i was like what are you doing <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, oh my I don't know about you guys, but I, I half expect Josh to just play the Mando theme. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I might as well have. I mean, this is. It was actually. Actually, that's the first thing I want to start off by mentioning. I mean, this is chapter five. It's called Return of the Mandalorian. And uh the theme that they used for the intro, the title sequence, was a oh, Book of Boba theme overlaid with the Mandalorian. Like a transition into the Mandalorian's theme. It was yeah, so cool. Was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really neat yeah yeah it ended off that way it was it was pretty cool so um yeah but uh man first impressions what did you guys think of this episode
2: well it was definitely the best episode of the Boba Fett series without Boba Fett in it
4: someone had to say it <laughs> yeah well, I was like you're not uh, thinking it yeah yeah I think after I was just like man you know what I mean I, I'm not sure, you know, how I was enjoying, you know, Boba Fett's story and his, his kind of character building in the first four episodes. But I think they finally nailed it with Boba Fett in this episode. They finally got him. <laughs> Just well, the, that's kind of the funny is thing. Is that
1: like his character is, is, like, based on Boba Fett. Yeah. I don't know about you. I haven't listened to the rest of your shows. so I don't know your opinions. But I mm-hmm. personally lo- love the character of Din Djarin far more than what what inspired his character? <laughs> right. At That's least this funny. like iteration of how they interpret his character.
2: Yeah, we've talked about it a while ago, but we we point out the fact that Din and Mandalorian. His character is based on how the fans perceived Boba Fett from the original trilogy before the prequel For came sure. out. Right.
3: Yeah, you know, Din Din's a Din's a great character, and, and we have actually had a way more screen time with him than <clears throat> than with boba you know respectively i mean uh any chance we we had to get to know boba but i, I feel like it was canceled on us uh, between the 1313 video game and the canceled clone wars arcs and um you know it was just a the movie yeah the boba Fett movie by josh trank that was supposed to come out around the same time as solo right like there's yeah. just a whole bunch of stuff that got in the way of us knowing that character better
2: was it Marigold gonna make make one as well? And Everyone's like, oh, "Oh yeah, it'll be just like James Mangold, the Logan yeah. movie." Yeah, that's right. Boba yeah,
3: James, James Mangold directed Boba Fett movie that's as well. Yeah, that cool. was when Josh Trank bailed, and then and then they kind of it was kind of set up that maybe Mangold would kind of take over, and then okay. that just never happened. But um, yeah, that's that's cool. What do you what did you think of this one, Bryce?
4: Oh man, I, I mean. It was so full of fan service it was almost hard not to enjoy it. True. Like, but it was, it was so good. And I, fan service. Yeah, it was really good. I mean I've been AWOL for a bit, so I don't even know how you guys are enjoying the series as a whole.
2: Uh you, I know you and I talked a bit like off off camera or whatever, and we more or less all have the same opinion, I think. Where like we like where it's going, but Boba Fett doesn't necessarily feel right like what we had expected him to Feel
1: like, like, I feel like like the problem with like the problem with Boa Fett's character, and they said it themselves in the the way they announced the series. They're like, there's this mysterious character, he only has four lines in the entire um trilogy, and we want to make a show about him. Well, like, that's what's appealing about him is that he has four lines and he's this cool guy who keeps his helmet on all the time. And when you start the first episode where he's got his helmet off for almost the entire episode. And he's constantly just telling people how he feels and what he wants to do instead of being mysterious. That's why we love Denjarin, because he's mysterious. And we wonder the whole time. Like, like As soon as that episode started, I was like, oh, where's he going? Oh, what's he doing? And he doesn't tell us anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't let us know. But with Boba Fett, it's like all just right there. And I just feel like I don't care about his character anymore because I just I know too much now. Right.
4: Yeah, he's very much like there was nothing, yeah it's no one was asking for a a huge backstory to like Boba like we just want to see him be cool because that's right right, you know he's just the cool bounty hunter. Okay. That's yeah. why
2: everyone's favorite scene so far is him just shooting down helpless like bikers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. Yeah. I mean, that was like the
3: only time that we really saw him get
4: a little vicious. And that feels like him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
3: To me, that's the main thing. Is that felt like, more
2: like Boba Fett yeah. than anything else. Like, yeah. They're I trying think... to build him up to be this good guy with his... I get they're trying to do the... Now he's got a clan and he's realizing he's turned on his ways or whatever. But... It because they started with that it just didn't feel like boba
1: Mm. and i love that they they're doing that and i think that it seemed like they had an idea of what they were doing with these two timelines where you have this one timeline where he's with the tuscans and he doesn't have his armor and the other timeline where he's he's kind of reformed right but i the problem is that the two timelines if you close your eyes and listened or if you weren't aware of whether or not he was wearing his armor you would have no idea which timeline you're in because he's acting the same way in both. And yep. what I feel like it needed to be is he needed to be like a real shithead <laughs> to the Tuscans. Like he needed to be like <laughs> an asshole. He needed to be like yeah. a scummy, a scummy, like good for nothing. Like he's out to get money and to succeed in his own ways. Selfish. And then we need to like tra- like contrast that with how he becomes when he becomes this like uh, you're saying a clan leader, like a, like a reformed. Uh, Crime Lord. I think that's that mm-hmm. could be really cool as an arc, and then we slowly, as the series develops, those two timelines get closer and closer as he develops, right? And then we see, oh, okay, so that's how, that's why he became what he was. But
4: mm-hmm. I don't
1: think that being with Tuscan Raiders was enough of a, like in- incident to change his character to being like suddenly caring about Banthas, you know? Yeah, yeah, or like oh, or
4: interested in having power, like interested in having an organization like boba fett is someone in my eyes that would shun that kind of stuff
1: right like yeah like organize yeah organized. he's a lone
4: wolf right so so we need to see yeah and and maybe they could i think you're right in in the tuscans needed to be a bigger part of him being like okay i can't just do this alone there is i'm getting older maybe there's something to you know having some sort of organization or family rather than yeah, which right. is funny because I guess he's with those Tuscan Raiders for like four years or something, and we get two episodes.
1: Yeah, How long the timeline was supposed to be? Yeah. yeah, so yeah.
3: between all the flashbacks that we've seen over this show so far, that's supposed to be our bracket between Return of the Jedi and when we see him in The Mandalorian for the first Whoa. time, right? So yeah, that's that's a five-year yeah. gap.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. So even more chance for like extreme character progression, but they don't do it. He just kind of he stays the same. He's like pretty nice guy the whole time.
2: Yeah, and I agree. That was my biggest issue with that. I think the character himself, that is my problem as well. And the biggest point that I think really uh, describes what we're talking about here is when he tries to save the the, uh, the other like roadiness, he was trying to escape slavery. He like tries to get the guy to help, to try help him out, and then the Rodian like betrays him. Right. But he should have tried to use the Rodian as bait or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right away, I was like, "Oh man, what is the Boba Fett gonna do?" And then he does like the decent thing, and I'm like, "Oh."
2: God. Yeah, it's like we're already at the end of his arc at the beginning. Exactly. So then there was no arc.
1: <laughs> totally.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, heading heading into this episode, of course, with only now two left in the in the series. Uh, I was actually kind of shocked that we didn't see him at all. Uh, because, yeah, I feel like I mean, we, we all love Boba Fett, and there's a lot more room for that character to grow and uh, and flesh some things out. And uh, it, But I couldn't help but thinking the entire time, I thought, this is just the episode that reminds all of us that there's a better Star Wars show out there yeah. Yeah. that everyone's waiting for, and and everyone's waiting for the third season. And I just thought... It just seemed like the pilot. Did they really have a lot of confidence in this show being only seven episodes Mm -hmm. long? Like, did they really have a lot of confidence that it would be its own solid show without the help of characters that they'd already developed for a different show? And I don't think it fully got there. Like, I think they realized we can go so far with this and then maybe we need a little bit of help, you know?
2: It could be that this is a stepping stone to get to the other series coming out. Yeah, that's true too. They need to set stuff up.
3: Right. Yeah, that's true as well. Um,
1: but then, why not make I it like an ab- idea of, episode? Like, cro- I like the right. idea of like a cinematic universe with cross characters. That's a it's great. It's a great technique, but yeah. <clears throat> not when like the cameo outshines every yeah. other character. It's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: and story arc. <laughs> Though I wanted to point out that Josh, you and I have brought up many times that we really wanted a, and wanted to go back to the storytelling style that we had in Clone Wars, where mm-hmm. it wasn't just about single character
3: right yeah and yeah we did mention that and actually that and and that was I think that's why this is my favorite episode of the whole show we are ironically enough because like as much as I do love Boba Fett and I, I and I love the fact that we have a Boba Fett show but this was just the best episode that I'd seen and 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 the last episode actually was was the best Boba episode I think I've seen but but this episode was like my favorite episode of the show and I was like God, we didn't see Boba at all. Like, that yeah. was just, it was just kind of strange. But I love that about it. And that's why I also love Clone Wars because Clone Wars was not a show just about the clones, right? It was a show about Bounty hunters, It was about Jedi. It was about Sith. It was about witches. And, you know, it was like everything, right? Like, everything was encompassed in that title. And I feel like uh, if they're comfortable going that direction, like, I'm cool with it. But in a seven episode season, it just made me think maybe they're also just a little hesitant to give this character the whole focus of attention without needing to kind of put it into this like you know interconnected thing and I do appreciate that as well but I can also see them maybe that thought coming to mind right
2: let me come up with a, a meta idea maybe they uh they had extra money working on this project that they and they didn't have enough money to get everything they wanted in mandalorian season 3 so they mm. just threw in the budget to put an extra episode maybe
3: yeah, maybe they
2: could use it to f- like fill this slight gap before mando joins boba
3: may- yeah maybe i'm thinking of this backwards maybe it was supposed to be a a, a 6 episode season and yeah. it ended up being seven because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're Which right like
4: about that. Man, Boba's, the, the ratings are falling. Let's splice in <laughs> yeah. one of our episodes of the man- new Mandalorian yeah. uh, season. It, just in the I middle, was, trying was, to save this. Did you true. imagine
2: doing an entire episode in between, like, since the project came out, though? <laughs> like, maybe. filming, editing, I don't special know. I, effects?
3: I feel like uh, maybe, maybe they're like... You know what? Season three, we're, we're already on the way with this one. This episode's done. Let's just ship it out with Book of Boba, you know? Like, make it episode five and just call it a day. <laughs> Maybe this is
2: Mando, the the first
1: episode of The Mandalorian Season three, and they just plugged it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I kept saying. This just seems like the next episode in The Mandalorian series. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Also, no, totally, like, yeah. um, Star Wars doesn't have books, does it? Like, don't they have like, like novels? data pads yeah. or Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. has there ever been books in Star Wars? Because that's a weird title. It was Go the books Jedi books
2: in the Return of the <laughs> Jedi film.
1: Yeah,
3: like books
4: regarding that he threw into the fire. And then all <laughs> oh, the yeah, scrolls. I mean, that's true.
2: It was it was actual like a leatherback
3: Oh, you mean like physical books existing? Like,
1: physical and... books don't really exist in Star Wars, like generally, right? Like, usually, yeah, it's data. I database.
3: mean, there's like yeah, usually yeah. I mean, there's the ancient Jedi texts, right? That. <laughs> that title, Luke title almost title me burns that. in the tree, but yeah. Other in than those, other than so why yeah, calling it Book of Boba Fett. I, I mean, think I mean, in the Mandalorian, it was pretty consistent this way as well. But they call every episode a chapter. Yeah. So my thoughts was uh, it's it's kind of a title to resonate with how they they're telling
1: episodes because we already have movies that are
3: called right. It, so. Yeah, like I don't think the title is supposed to be like a literal. This is like a book of like. It is no. a bit confusing. No,
1: I just think it's an interesting choice of words. Yeah, it's an I interesting would, choice of I would never award, call yeah. a show book of I don't think I would have called it that. But How right. many
2: people do you think are going to ask their grandparents for... The Blu-ray copy of Book of Boba Fett, and then they're gonna get a novel about.
1: <laughs> yeah, Boba I want favorite. I want that book
3: of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Which book? Just some random <laughs> book about Boba Fett.
2: Yeah, <laughs> some, some, yeah, some book that was published in like
1: the eighties when nobody cared what was what was written. Yeah, exactly. Right.
3: Um, I want to start off by uh, just going through the episode, like kind of chronologically here, in terms of like important events. Uh, and I got kind yeah. of a series of things written down, and the first thing that I've got is without Grogu, Din has gone back to bounty a hunting. bounty hunting career, yeah, yeah, and and bringing bringing them in cold, uh, using the dark saber very sloppily to kill a group of Clatunian uh, or Clatuvianian thugs, and uh, injures himself with the dark saber as well. This entire sequence was kind of interesting because it takes place in basically uh, like a butchery like a meat shop yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it's like a meat the classic yeah. mafia
4: yeah uh yeah frozen butchery yeah That's yeah like, yeah classic
3: yeah. kind of underworld style but like almost a bit in real world location almost yeah right? like very much down yeah. to the plastic the that
1: there were aliens it was like pretty much just normal like i don't know what i'd expect like crime? To meat. yeah Not to look like yeah
3: it was pretty cool and i really liked how they kind of introduced this idea that without grogu he's kind of hardened up a bit because now that he's got this dark saber, he's kind of almost tempted to use it as far as a way of like an
1: easy way to kind of kill, right? And it's
2: a useful tool.
1: But. Yeah, and that that like goes back again to like Mandalorian is more Boba Fett than Boba Fett is because <laughs> yeah, like that was what's that's what we I think that's what we all love about his character is that he was this hardened bounty hunter, and it mm-hmm. took like that one bounty to change his heart, right? and he found that he had a heart, and he found that he, cared, he could care about someone else besides mm-hmm. himself, right? Um, hmm. And so it's cool to see him go back to that, but then you just, you just think, like, man, like, that's what, I mean, that's character development. That's why we love him, right? It's true.
2: Maybe they just, guess they're just they just rehash that same story again.
4: Yeah. They're like, they don't want to step on the toes, I guess, of the other character, but they're like, God, we got to have, like, two, you know, different guys and since we already made mandalorian we can't have boba fett like yeah be the cold guy as well but i'm like yeah you can because people would love that like you can have 20 cold badass mandalorians and people are still gonna love it right
2: that's a good point even if they were all just the same character yeah Yeah. perhaps even clones yeah (laughs) (laughs) that
4: scene where that scene made me realize something about bounty hunting the uh when he's when he literally goes up to the Clatwinian like crime boss and he's like, I'm looking for your boss. <laughs> and yeah. the guy's like, uh, he's <laughs> gone. I don't know where he is. Uh, and then he like puts the, the, the disc yeah. and he's like, I'm pretty sure this is you. <laughs> right. But I'm like, man, if I was in that situation, like, if you gave me like the picture of the guy and he was sitting right in front of me and he's an alien, I I'm like, there's no way I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's why the first thing he said, he's like, "That's not me."
4: Yeah, yeah. No, think... I'm like, man, bounty hunting in in Star Wars must be just Very so different. hard because you're confronted. Yeah, I can't I can't tell like yeah. the facial features of a completely different alien species yeah. right. to that like good point. Yeah. But the tracker like, thingy
2: point right at him, though, because he's got that DNA tracker. Yeah. So he pulled
4: it I guess out I was that, saying he was in the room. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He pulled it pulled it out and it was beeping him really fast again. So, yeah. And they still have yet to kind of tell us how those things work. It's got to be DNA. <laughs> it's got to be something. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, did
4: you guys like the, uh, the setting?
3: Yeah. I mean, like, as far as like the location goes and stuff, I mean, if we're talking about this, uh, that's kind of the next thing I wanted to bring up. If we're talking about this like I mean the meat shop was cool but like the the planet that this whole thing Space takes station. place on yeah it's like a halo ring Yeah exactly it's like, yeah, a, exactly. Halo, yeah, it's like a planetary ring. <laughs> planetary ring city um confirmed crossover This this not
2: quite to me it was because there's no cities on halo right so it's, it's the, the idea of halo. the halo ring but then right. they took the mass effect
1: city and put it on it yeah Elysium like you remember that movie Elysium yeah (laughs) yeah there's Ring Cities
3: in there too Matt Damon there was um there was a vintage there was an old science fiction book where this kind of was a first produced concept and I completely forget what this book is called but it's floating around online as far as like an easter egg thing goes and you know there's people out there that remember the name but um, Isn't it, it called Ring World? Yeah, it might have been Ring World or something. <laughs> I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, but here's Maybe. the thing. Here's don't the thing. This, um, this is a new location, and uh, this in mm-hmm. the credits and in the audio description of the episodes. So for the uh, it's an accessibility feature for those who are blind and can't see what was going on, but want to hear it as well. It's actually really well done. If you've ever turned it on on any of the Disney Plus stuff, they do a really good job at. Describing audibly what's happening before or in between when they have a moment of describing like who's talking, who's approaching who and stuff like that. It's really well done. And, uh, and this, uh, planetary ring has been given a name of, uh, I think it's, it's pronounced Glavis. It's G L A V I S, uh, like this gla- Glavis or Glavis. Yeah. And, um, it resembles, uh, a planetary ring we've seen before in the Clone Wars called Ringo Vinda, and uh, this was the the same a person. It, it's a place. Is that a bounty hunter? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Ringo Vinda. It was a it was a it was an original name. Ringo ring in the in the title, I guess. But uh, this was the place where uh, Clone Top ac- uh, executed um, Master Tipley, the Jedi. It was in season yeah, season six of the Clone right at Wars. The beginning yeah, the episode, right at the yeah. beginning of the episodes. Yeah. So uh, it was a similar kind of location. So we've seen ring location planet things before, but uh, this one seemed to be built around a star, which is kind of neat because it it was built in such a way that it gives people day and night mm-hmm. and not just constant mm-hmm. daylight all the time. So it was like an interesting design, that's for sure. Mm. I thought it was really cool, yeah.
2: I also like the design of the city quite a bit, and I think both of you guys, uh, excluding Josh, have played KOTOR 2, right?
3: I've played a little bit, but not nearly the extent that you guys have.
2: Well, it looked yeah. a lot like the Tilo station. Like if you, if you're um, walking along mm. Telo, so look out the windows, the building design was identical.
4: Interesting. Oh, wow. As he, as, I, uh, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I think it took me like literally five seconds to like it. <laughs> like, like there's five seconds where I was like, this is a, like a weird sci-fi thing. This isn't like space fantasy. And then I was like, I saw it, and then I saw him walking around. I saw it in the background. I was like, "Oh no, this is really cool." Yeah, uh, I think I think this is cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I liked how it looked like the city was only like two or three blocks wide. Like it was just like a long, skinny. Like it looked like you <laughs> could like walk directly across it. Like it was it was very large but not very wide. Yeah, and good. News, like there was is a scene that, where you first walk out, you see a truck driving by or something, and it's like just goes all the way around. Right. Yeah. Say, if you're one a jogger, road. You could
2: just. Go one direction, eventually I'll get home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for a loop.
3: Go <laughs> 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 um, Yeah, they. Um, so, so Dinjian, you know, we, we we see that that the the surviving Mandalorians have taken refuge on this place, and and they've basically made like a secret base and stuff that he's got to find with his thermal. Yeah, visor like, a, like
2: a thermal hidden. Uh, yeah, that was sign pretty cool. That was super cool.
3: Yeah, and it turns out the only survivors from the battle on Navarro is the Armorer and Paz Vizsla, which is the, the cameo character that John Favreau yeah, plays.
1: Yeah, okay, I thought that was him. Yeah. That was John Favreau? Yes,
3: yeah. yeah. So John Favreau oh. voiced pre-Vizsla huh. in Star Wars The Clone Wars, and Paz Vizsla is this guy, and he's like a descendant of the same clans. It was kind of appropriate oh. that he actually voiced both characters. But
2: Wasn't the original name oh. post-Vizsla? They changed it to Paz? So <laughs> yeah. He was pre post-Vizsla? <laughs> 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 I
3: actually thought of that exact thing on the couch the other day when I was watching. <laughs> that <laughs> had that to have funny.
4: been part of it.
3: Probably
2: yeah. they're like, "Ah, it's a little too obvious. Let's just swap out a letter."
3: Yeah, the so and shows up, and then uh, you know we had a really interesting kind of uh, dynamic between him showing up with the dark saber. and you know there was a little quote that I wrote down. It's, it's I think I may have missed a word or two, but uh, the armor says. All this talk of the Empire and they lasted less than thirty years. Mandalorians have lasted ten thousand, and uh, it, there was just a really interesting little thing. I was like, "Wow, yeah, it's like kind of, it's kind of true. Like, like the Empire was just a blink of an eye and yeah. open scope." Right? Yeah, yeah. To mm-hmm.
2: think that um, Sidious considered himself the Sithari. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. But um, yeah, there was there was an interesting conversation there about about. Uh, uh, the armor, further elaborating on the dark saber's history, and uh, they also confirmed that the hilt of this saber is also made of Beskar,
2: which is pretty cool. So yeah, it can't be cut in
3: half. Exactly. Like, See happening. <laughs> exactly, uh, and uh, yeah, there was a variety. There was a variety of other things, and you know, she finally kind of fills fills it for viewers who hadn't seen the animated series and knew all this other stuff about the dark saber. Like she really kind of. Elaborated further on both that as well as the uh, the big event that that destroyed the Mandalorians, right? And, and Mandalorian. Uh,
2: and they gave it the most anime title ever. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Night yeah. of a Thousand Tears. Yeah, the Night of a Thousand <laughs> Tears. Yeah, yeah. But what did you guys think of all this stuff?
1: Um, I really liked that he got injured by the dark saber. Like, I don't think we've ever seen anyone handle a lightsaber and like injure themselves. And I always thought like it would be so easy to cut himself, yeah. and the fact that he cut himself using the dart saber i thought was great um i also loved like the imagery of was that what was it called the night of a thousand tears yeah, yeah. like it was totally a, a like a like a homage to terminator yeah a hundred percent yeah, yeah. especially was... with all the k2so
2: yeah they look so
3: terminator yeah it was a straight it was a shot straight out of terminator a hundred percent it makes
2: alan Tudyk's character seem a little like quite reprogrammed compared to the original because you yeah. really the only non main character that you see him see that like that droid in is when he just walks past them in right. one right so you don't know, right. I didn't realize it was like a combat
1: tar- droid yeah yeah those things would have been they're, uh, they're oh, like man.
3: they're like large sentry kind of style droids right like I think they're in a way they're kind of sort of similar to the dark trooper droids but just kind of you know just a little different of a design less more milit- mass produced, yeah. More mass produced, less kind of military, you know, with their spindly legs and stuff. But yeah, they got a big size on them, and they they we have seen K two S O like lift somebody up, right? So like they got a lot of they're strong strength to them, yeah. So like they're kind of scary. Terminated they have evil things. hearts. Yeah, <laughs> they
4: didn't even ask them to do that. They like volunteered. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> I, uh,
2: it crossed my mind I, though, because they bombed the whole planet, and yeah, then I was thinking the the ground must have been just like. St- so hot, like heat was so hot they couldn't send actual soldiers. Sending these trains.
3: right, right, yeah, no, they and oh man, I don't think I mean, we haven't seen Thai bombers in action very much at all. So um, cool, but oh. so cool to see you know the Thai bombers again. and They had and physical
2: bombs though. They didn't have. They didn't the, have the proton the plasma, electric. Yeah, plasma the plasma
3: stuff. Bombs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so they're actually going for actual destruction. We saw Sindari City just blown to pieces, and this is the. The domed city that we see multiple times throughout Clone Wars and everything, and uh, just so cool to see all of this stuff. And you know, because a lot of stuff that we've had questions about since Moff Gideon kind of revealed a little more information about.
2: Because prior to that, the planet was already glassed.
3: Yeah, from wars of past kind yeah. of thing, and they, they, of everyone lived in the bubble city of Sundari City and kind of beneath the surface of the planet. And after after that, it was like, okay, well. Now you really can't live there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So
2: and not to change topic too quickly here, but it was interesting how she kind of alluded to the fact that it was Bo Katan's fault for not earning the Darksaber.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's that was another mm-hmm. really interesting thing, is like she almost made it sound as if because Bo Katan accepted the the Darksaber from Sabine in Star Wars Rebels, she almost made that seem as if that was the reason that disaster came upon Mandalore, right? Like she believed that, uh, it carried a curse when, when you don't earn it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah, that was like her, um, her reasoning for almost a lot of that coming to pass.
2: And it explains why Bo-Katan won't take it again.
3: Yeah. And, um, yeah, exactly. And, and it also explained a little further. She also touched up on Satine. I don't know if you guys caught that, but she said, uh, Bo Bo-Katan, yeah, Bocatan's Katan's lineage or whatever. She referenced Duchess Satine and how her rulership ended in tra- in tragedy, mm-hmm. which was the Darth Maul episode when we see him, you know, gutter and Obi-Wan is like, you know, upset and everything. Um and uh and then and then of course he talks about Bo-Katan, she talks about Bo Katan a little bit, but it was such a cool like express way of just filling people in, you know? And I was I was like, I can appreciate that because finally casual viewers that aren't going to watch clone wars and rebels. Like they're going to know what's going on now, at least without the internet kind of filling them in. And then it's also a bit more of how these characters perceive those events and why Bo-Katan doesn't just take the dark saber again. And, Right, like yeah, there's a bunch of you stuff. You and I
2: talked about that for a long time.
3: Yeah, like we've always theorized, like why? What, like, what's why, different? Why, yeah, what's different about it? Like, is it is it because Sabine found it in a cave and didn't earn it herself, or like
2: now we know it's because millions of Mandalorians died because you took it? Right, right. <laughs> because yeah. superstition.
3: Did you guys have any theories on this uh, when when this was a thing?
1: No, I don't um, think so. I'll just go ahead and say, like, I haven't watched The Clone Wars, so I wasn't worried. I mean, I wasn't wondering, but when, like, exactly like you said, yeah. when they, they explained all that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right away, I was like, I'm sure that connects to some Clone Wars lore, but I uh, it was good to know that because, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, for sure. But it was a,
1: kind of a cool, a cool like, um, yeah, like, problem to have. Like, you have to you have to earn it through combat um, because right away, you're like, oh, okay, I see. Like, as soon as they... I the other guy's name. He's like, I'm going to take it from you. And you're like, Oh, okay. So if you take it. Like, then you. Bizzle. Now it's yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's
4: like, do all Mandalorians believe in that as well? Or is it just, um, what are, what are these guys called again? They're from the Concordia. Watch. Are they the true Mandalorians?
3: Yeah. They're from, they're from, well, bo called them from the watch, right? But Bo-Katan was oh. once part of the death watch. And I think she's yeah. referring to the death watch when she refers to their clan or their creed, because, when we see yeah. it, the Dinjar in flashback, when he's taken as a kid, those are the Death Watch. Like they're they have the emblems on their shoulder pad. They're right. wearing the same armor. You know, they changed it up a little bit for the live action. But yeah, um, but in Clone
2: Wars, the the uh, Death Watch take their helmets off.
3: We see well. We see uh, Previsla take his helmets off, but we don't see any Bo-Katan other people. Well. And Bo-Katan, yeah, we don't see any other people do it. But it's true. Like some, it's weird. That's the only thing I think that they haven't fully filled us in on yet is like how is it that a guy like pre took his helmet off all the time but then his very descendant Paz and the Death Watch which are now just they're calling themselves the Watch is there some sort of shift that happened for them to maybe be like take that yeah I don't know maybe yeah exactly that was the theory before is that this is a splinter cell of Death Watch but maybe what what it is is there's just so few of them left that like anything it evolves right and their beliefs have changed a little bit and now maybe it's more intense maybe now it's like okay we believed in like the original mandalore beliefs before but now it's like this is hardcore we're back to the start again like we're doing things the way that the mandalore of old used to do they never removed their helmet or anything like that you know we did 20 years ago we're not doing that anymore kind of thing right look look what happened to us like let's let's let live by the ways of our ancestors and, and maybe we'll do better kind of thing maybe that's what their their thoughts are um, it's still not going well for them, but... <laughs> Especially because yeah.
2: there's three left, and now one of them, Mando, was kicked out.
3: Yeah, yeah, and th- yeah, with three of them That's left, amazing. and they're like, see ya.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you broke I the rule. so funny, that the way that whole scene played out. Like, first, he's like, I'm going to take the thing from you. So he's like, basically like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the armor is like, all right, see ya, dude. You took off your armor. Yeah, well, <laughs> You're it's done. It's so yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I want to bring up the Beskar
3: spear for a sec because, uh, we, we saw the armor comment on the Beskar spear. She hasn't seen it before. She's like, where'd you get that? He fills her in and she comments right away saying, uh, how dangerous it is to, for him to carry such a weapon because it can pierce Beskar armor. Yeah. So this spear is actually built to combat a Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and makes me wonder how old this thing really is because, uh. I mean, we have We've never seen a Beskar spear in the Clone Wars, but, uh, but it makes me wonder. Like, who who was the person that thought if she's a Mandalorian saying we should melt that down because that's a threat to us if someone else gets it? Who made it in the first place?
2: Was it possibly made by an Imperial?
3: Well, no Imperial can what if, forge Beskar. What if
2: in what if, what we saw Mandalorian is that turned to the Empire and rebels?
3: That's true. That's true. But maybe not all of them know how to. No but, you know, maybe or one or of them did, SME. I don't know, yeah, that's true, yeah, maybe, or it could be maybe. ancient, who knows, yeah, Please yeah, say. yeah, you were talking about the imperial super trooper, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, right, okay, yeah, maybe, I don't know, gar Saxon or <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point, like i i uh, it just, but it just made me think you know, like this here, here's a Mandalorian weapon made to combat Mandalorians himself, and it's yeah. made out of their own stuff,
2: and she so. she basically says that I guess within their culture it's Maybe just frowned upon, but basically outlawed. Right. Like you shouldn't ever have that.
3: Right,
4: yeah. Is uh, this a, the first time we also hear about um, the Vizla that is the one that forges the Darksaber that's a Jedi and a Mandalorian? Uh,
3: no. So, so um, Tar Vizsla actually... It wasn't that long ago that I think we did a "What Happened" episode on Tarvisla, but mm. uh, we uh, we did like a little recap of you know the whole character and and the history behind the dark and everything. And uh, he was uh, first brought up as a character in Star Wars Rebels, and, uh, and I think it was Gar Saxon that filled Kanan Jarrus on who he was and uh, and oh, where yeah. the, where the dark came from and. And uh, it was elaborated a, a little bit in the Clone Wars when Pre Vizsla whips the thing out to combat Obi-Wan Kenobi and says that his ancestors, you know, were the ones who forged it and used it to combat Jedi and killed many of them as the years have gone by kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, as, as we've gotten more shows and stuff, you know, Rebels really elaborated on it, really kind of made Tar Vizsla a new character and a thing, and as the first and only Mandalorian Jedi that's ever existed, and and then we got a little more in the Mandalorian and now we've got even more Book of Boba. So I feel like as time goes by, you know, they're gonna start filling in that picture more and more. But uh but yeah, Tarvisla, pretty cool pretty cool character, interesting concept that there was a Mandalorian Jedi. Do you think yeah, there's I a just, chance? I just Sorry, go
2: ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say do you think there's a chance after the current shows are done, maybe there's a bit of a, a grace period or some other stuff, and then they come back around and make a prequel cool series about Tarvisla?
3: I'd be down. I mean, I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. I'd be I'd be pretty stoked if they ever did that. They, <laughs> they, they could even do like a three-part Star Wars visions anime style thing and just do That'd something. Cool. That would be pretty I'd be down for that. Yeah, I mean.
4: a visions episode would be good. Because I mean, I think there's like so many people I I can like picture like everyone's Crayon drawings of like a Mandalorian with like yeah. two lightsabers, like
3: <laughs> yeah. ah, so cool with a jetpack, like, right. around. Yeah. yeah. Well, what
4: were you going to say, Bryce? Oh, that's what. Oh, that's all what, That's saying. what you were going to say. Okay, sorry. I thought yeah. that was Just a just... response, but <laughs>
3: no. Yeah, no. It'd be it'd be pretty neat to have more on, on more on this Tarvis. They keep bringing him up, so you know. Um. Yeah. The uh. So the they... armor. Um. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: So they she melts down the spear and. Is not making Grogu Mandalorian armor.
3: Yeah, so that's that's kind of the next thing is like um, chainmail. I guess it looks like
2: chainmail. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, maybe. So, I guess maybe. he's gonna have just a, like a male shirt or something, or Mithril, <laughs> like Frodo. <laughs> Mith Mandalorian
3: Mithril. Yeah. yeah,
2: maybe it'll be some sort of coif.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, when Dinjarin requests that something be made for his foundling, he brings up an interesting point because. The armor. Uh, her first response to this is like, "Well, the Jedi don't have attachments, you know." And, and she starts talking about Grogu as if, because uh, he's no longer in his care and everything. She starts talking about him as if she is, um, as if they live by those, those, uh, those ways, right? And, code. Yeah. and then Din Djarin is actually the one that kind of reminds her. It's like, "Well, that's their way. We we live by the opposite way, you know. And we we like we're built on relationships and." Creed and clan, right, and yeah, family, it was, and
2: it was interesting that he specifically worded it. We live the opposite.
3: Yeah, yeah, our ways are the opposite of theirs, right? And and then she kind of says, okay, and then she starts <laughs> making this stuff, and I'm like, so okay. easy to And then she's the one to kick him out of the group. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> like it's a messed up clan, man.
2: And you know, I don't think we've seen chainmail in our best group before.
3: That's true, and it, it makes me wonder just how this thing is going to look. I mean. You know, I mean, he's
2: eight inches high. Yeah, <laughs> he, could, he can grow into it. Yeah, <laughs> in the next two hundred years.
3: There's uh there's an interesting scene that happens kind of near the end of this whole sequence of of events, uh, is that when when it's a series of things like the armor is training with Din and trying to teach him how to effectively use the dark saber because he has no idea how to use it because like you mentioned, Calvin he injures his own leg when when he tries to. Use on those those thugs, and he says that it gets heavier with each move, and it, it made me think. At first, I was like, okay, it perhaps maybe there's something a little deeper about this lightsaber that resonates with its user in the force. Maybe it's built a little differently in I'm that sense. I'm
2: going to counter that and say, uh, I think this is trying to canonize why Luke, when he was fighting in Empire Strikes Back with his lightsaber. Were uh, Anakin's. It was quite slow and heavy. And when George told him, like when you're swinging it, you gotta act like it's very heavy, even though it's not. Yeah. And because uh, Mark Hamill was saying, George, can I try this? And Try swinging like really fast. George's like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. It's, it's slow and heavy. Gotta yeah. be heavy. Like <laughs> so I think, and then we see in the prequels. <laughs> they obviously changed that for the prequels. Exactly. Right? So I think yeah. this is what they're trying to maybe make a, like the arc to why
3: yeah that, that yeah difference is there no totally and 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 i think i think here's the because re- i actually wrote that down as well and i think there, it's, there's a bit of a blend between the two answers i think what we're looking at here is that's true like there are heavy things to i mean it's swinging anything around though i mean like a baseball bat you pick a baseball bat up it's mm. like well it's not that heavy but if you keep swinging that thing around it starts to get heavier because you know your arms get tired but I mean, we're talking about a lightsaber that's supposed to weigh nothing, but the hilt's supposed to weigh quite a bit. But uh, you're gonna say it has and a crystal
2: that's with the force.
3: Yeah. So here's the thing: it's like I think it's a combination of the two, the two theories, right? Like I think there is something at the very heart of it all, in inspiration and kind of in the in the in the spirit of like what George had in mind at first, and then later kind of changed when he started going on his you know faster more intense kind of like scenario for everything right and and then which i mean i love i love a good lightsaber duel that's like you know wicked fast and everything but uh but yeah that original idea of like having these like these swords right like these like heavy kind of things uh, i think it's supposed to resonate and i think the only thing that can really link them is by warping some sort of concept in the force that's like you have to be in tune with this kyber crystal that's a living the only organic living thing that's in that thing right it's like a it's a rock that's literally uh resonating with the force unlike unlike other rocks right like it's 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 different <laughs> like it's it's a rock that can choose it's it's uh it's jedi right like we yeah. we kind of got a little more about that in clone wars than in jedi fallen order um and so maybe like i was just theorizing maybe maybe that's what they're going to maybe and I mean, it is very different built. It's like the blade is unlike anything we've ever seen. So uh, there could be
1: something more about it that we just don't know yet. But uh, I th- that yeah. sounds right to me, honestly. Okay, so being in tune with the crystal and being able to handle the energy. What about when Finn picks up the lightsaber and Force Awakens, and he seems to have no problem using it? And then Rey picks it up, and she has no problem. Well, we could
3: him. say the same about Rey too, using her abilities, right? Like it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things. I think it, I think it all goes back to like that whole. Uh, Band aid they put on the midi chlorian count thing because for a while I think there was a bit of backlash about midi chlorians. It's like okay, well if you don't have any or if you don't have enough midi then you just can't be a Jedi, right? And I don't think species. it's true. Like I think like what what uh, I think it was something that Dave or Pablo or said or something. One of the bo- and it was also in uh, the novelization for the Last Jedi. One of the one of the good things that came out of this movie that they said Luke said something about. Uh, or no, no, sorry. It was the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, or, or one of those, one of those things. And he said something about how uh, basically midi the more you have, the more the door is open, and like the more instantly gifted you'll be. But it doesn't mean if you don't have a high midi count that you're not going to ever be able to achieve what a Jedi Master can achieve. It Comes more naturally. Yeah, it just comes more naturally to those like who are your gifted, right? Meter. Yeah, so... So Finn um, should be a Jedi. It's like, uh, like look at Chirrut Inway, right? Like, I mean, and Qui-Gon says without many Chlorians, life could not exist. So everyone's got the potential. But if you look at a guy like Chirrut Inway, who's blind, I mean, it's like clearly he's in tune with the Force, like in a way that's unique to his own kind of uh, disciplines, I guess is the right word. And so, yeah, I think Finn and Ray, it's a little kind of weird for us to just kind of accept, like, they can just do these things off the bat. Uh, Ray, especially with all their abilities, but it's just one of those things that over the years I've just kind of been like, okay, I just I've complained so much about those movies, <laughs> I'm almost just tired of like doing it again. <laughs> so like I've just I've just accepted it. I was like, okay, maybe their midi chlorines are high enough that they're just they're just more open to it, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess Din, you know, Din, like like it, like a uh, there's kind of a reason why we only have one Mandalorian Jedi. Tarvisla, right? And there's a there's a an opposite between those two disciplines, and there's definitely something there that they're that they're kind of striving towards for, as far as a story to tell with how they're how they've been reinventing Dinjarin because he's gone from a Mandalorian bounty hunter to a very different guy who is caring about this little person, this little child. creature, yeah, this child. Essentially, he became a father, and then. He had to give that up and he's gone back to that life and he just doesn't fit in that life anymore. And in this episode, they make it obvious that he's not, he doesn't belong there anymore. Like he's, he's too different now. He's gone across the line. He's taken his helmet off. He can't go back. They won't let him, right? Well,
2: that's not entirely true because the first thing he tries to do is figure out how to make amends. And he needs to... Uh, Wash myself in the waters, right, right, right. The, underneath the mines of Mandalore, and he points out all the mines that are closed mm-hmm. and collapsed. But maybe this is maybe that's what's going to happen in season. What I'm season what I'm getting at is he's going to open a, a mining company.
3: <laughs> what I'm getting at is he's constantly bending his own boundaries, right? Even when he gets to the starship, when he has to go to Tatooine. He says, weapons are part of my religion. And then the droid says, no, sorry. And then he's like, all right. And he just gives them up, right? And he's he's constantly just walking away from where he was. And he's going in a new path, right? So I think what we're going to see with season three is like a completely new Dinjar, Like we're going to see him he'll reinvented.
1: He'll be taking his helmet off and he
3: doesn't care. Yeah, he's going to take his helmet off. He's going to be probably learning the ways of the Force or something like that, becoming the new Tar Vizsla. And I think, I think it's kind of where we all suspected that it might go. Like, we've all kind of been anticipating this story that he becomes the new Mandalore, yeah. right? And that's maybe the key of it all, is like becoming the new Mandalore mm-hmm. might actually be taking things back to where it used to be, where the Mandalore who had the Darksaber was a Jedi. And maybe they're kind of going back in that direction.
1: So well, then, why is Boba Fett's story important at all, except for <laughs> how it relates to making him become the new Mandalore? Because I
2: don't know. I mean, to me,
1: it's kind of like to me, it's kind of like when they did the um, the Hobbit movies, when Peter Jackson did the Hobbit movies. Yeah. He had to keep keep on bringing back like characters from the Lord of the Rings to make it better. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> this feels right. like it's like we are making a story about Boba Fett, who's like the less cool, Denjaren we had to bring in characters from The Mandalorian to make it better. It's hard
3: to believe that we live in a world now in which Boba Fett is the last cool. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking, that, <laughs> Right, it's but yeah, I know. He's old man true. now. <laughs> no, it's true. I think, uh, no, but in the same way that they've been reinventing Dinjarin,
1: they've been reinventing Boba.
3: Right, like he. No, he, but
1: they're not. They haven't been reinventing him. They reinvented him before the show started, and then the show started yeah. with this new version of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, I guess, I'm all yeah. for. I'm all for that. I think that's great. I think it's a great. But I think that's where the show should have ended, not where it should have began.
3: Right. Right. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we've had so many flashbacks is like they've been trying to tell that story, and. Uh,
1: but how like how long did we have of the Starlight Pit? It was like. Ten or fifteen seconds. He's pretty short. And then he was yeah. out. Yeah, it was pretty short. Yeah. And then yeah. he somehow forgot that his <laughs> he yeah. forgot that he uh, used his armor to get out. Like what?
2: I know we talked about that last week. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think Calvin Calvin had some major complaints. I got I got I a big have, long paragraph wanna... <laughs> text from him and.
1: Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't want to go back episodes, but that really bothered me. Like, just like it made him look seem like an idiot. Like he's like, is it okay if we talk about this or is this? may as well like blake blake shares
2: yeah i think yeah same opinion where he just like, somehow forgot the armor got I him mean, out and he tries to fly into the sarlacc pit to get it out
1: of there he, yeah exactly he <laughs> knows he used the flamethrower and the jetpack to get out so he knows he had it there was no sign of amnesia and like a character forgetting something isn't really forgivable in a movie like characters not knowing something and the audience being like oh no 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 don't do it it's not there is fine but he just f- completely forgot like I don't know how you're Maybe supposed to be on board forgot. with that character.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Like, how are you supposed to root for him when he's just like, oh, whoops, I forgot. <laughs> um, something about this uh, little battle
3: I just want to bring up real quick. Vizla obviously trying to claim the dark, Saber back in his family's name again, you know, fails to do so when he combats Din Djarin. But we saw one of those wrist-mounted shields again, which mm-hmm. we've only seen in Clone Wars and in Battlefront 2. And uh, that was pretty cool to see those again.
2: Did none of them have it when the Mandalorians all fought against the, I guess the town guard?
3: Oh, you know what me? Oh yeah. Navarro. Uh, when when Mando was first stealing the kid
2: back in this game.
3: Yeah. 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 The battle in Navarro. Yeah. I I, actually, that's a good question. Maybe, maybe we did see one in the distance. Yeah. I can't remember, but it's the first
2: time we've seen any hero. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that in a little two cents there. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, back to like the, the mines beneath Mandalore, maybe. Like, I think I think it's there's a there's a likelihood we could go back there. I just don't know if Journey to the center of the earth. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would see Mandalore again. Like, I just I think uh, I think as far as the living waters, in the mines beneath Mandalore, I don't I don't know if he's gonna take that step, and just want to go back to that lifestyle again. I think he's gonna come too far and realize that he doesn't belong hundred percent with that. Maybe he'll view, start a new
2: right. clan with Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know. Boba Fett clearly <laughs> really wants family.
3: Yeah. They'll clone each other and,
4: uh, Oh geez. Make a clan. Well, uh, this Boba Fett's a bit more fun to talk to than the other two. Gosh, <laughs> <yeah>. they're so <laughs> depressing. <laughs> I'd also leave their clan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way.
3: This is the way.
4: Uh, we got to
3: Commercial transport to Tatooine. Oh, man,
1: I loved that. I don't think we've ever seen that in Star Wars, have we? Like a commercial flight?
3: We saw Anakin and Padme travel. Travels refugees. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. But that was it. Uh, but that no, wasn't
1: that was like a more like uh, getting on like a bus. This was like getting on an airplane. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was it was, uh, like it was complete with the kid in front of Yeah, I thought
3: that was so great. and, uh, and the fact that they threw in, I mean we've seen them now he's we've seen him pop up like twice now, but uh, the uh, the Rex, the R3x style Star Tours droids from from Disneyland yes. that keep making appearances. Mm-hmm, uh, right. First appearance was in Star Wars Rebels in the animated show in like the second episode. And they had them, the crew of the Ghost boarded uh, a Star Tours shuttle, and the pilot was this this, yeah. and he was voiced by the same guy that did the one for the ride. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So. I don't know
2: did. about you guys, but I just think the idea of this badass bounty hunter have to take public transit to work pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I also thought it was neat that the little package before he gets kicked out of the you know his club and. Uh, Gets on the transport. I th- I thought it was neat when he sees the kid in front of him on the chair. He thinks of Grogu, pulls out the little gift he's got for him, and the packaging is actually shaped like Grogu's head. Like it's yeah. like a little ball with the two ears on either side, in the in yeah. the way that it's been tied up. Oh, and uh, very intentional, yeah. Yeah, it was a very like kind of soft, subtle. Um, yeah, it was. It was a really nice little little reminder there. Yeah, I loved it. which was really cool uh were you
2: guys surprised that when he got to tatooine no one had stole any of his weapons or I, know. Yeah. Little little <laughs> I know yeah my heart leaped a little bit i know
1: it was all set up and like i wanted the pa there to be a payoff i was expecting like oh man this be so good someone took his dark dark saber yeah, I th- yeah. I, yeah. it made That's me wonder what the scene was what the scene was for because why show putting it in the box like yeah, very deliberately putting every single thing in the box, only to just have them open and it's all there again. Could be too. Thought things. they'd do the
4: classic thing where the airliner loses your luggage. That's no, no, what I man. thought too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then
2: all of season three of Mandalorian is him hunting down his lost luggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they were setting it up or like next time he's got to take it, he gets screwed over, or he's got a ship now, or possibly uh, someone. Because he never used the Darksaber again after that. So someone could have swapped it out. But who knows.
4: I think they were setting (laughs) up for for a moment for Boba Fett to be cool again. Where he goes, don't worry, don't worry, Mando. Let me show you how to carve a stick out of of wood. (laughs) I learned this from my Tusken Raider friends I spent four years with in the desert.
2: It's just like really intense, like a really intense uncle.
4: You call that a
3: sword? This is a Gaddafi stick. <laughs>
4: so it's a piece of wood? <laughs> <laughs> bits of metal forged by my own hands. So it's a piece of wood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, when, the, when the transport lands, we saw those uh, same Ralph McCory style docking gates that we saw in Jack Jakku put in The Force Awakens. And it was that that over that bronzy looking kind of gate thing that's got the domey look and the two pillars on either side. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I thought that was kind of neat. I was like, okay, they used that in the Force Awakens. And I guess they just, even though it's not the same planet, it's like I, I didn't really care. I thought that was kind of a nice little little, little mm. touch. It's
2: like standard architecture
3: of desert planets, shipping companies. Yeah, like I guess so. I guess the like bus like a, depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe a, as if there was like once a maybe a, a route between Jakku and Tatooine or something that they mm. use those gates to just symbolize like, this is where the ship lands or something like that. I don't know. Um, we also had uh, a BD exploration droid show up in this episode on Tatooine with uh, Peli, the, uh, the uh, mechanic uh, BD, BD one was the droid in Jedi fallen order. You know, the little guy like, on two legs. legs. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And,
2: was that droid partially eaten by a womp rat?
3: <laughs> the one in the episode was almost eaten, yeah, but he, he made it. Was that a womp rat, was though? Was the, I think, think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 Was that the first time? I think that was the first time we saw a live womp rat. We never actually saw it,
1: though. It was, like, it's it was a so fast. Yeah. a Beggar's Canyon. It's
3: like true. Like, <laughs> scurrying around. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool, though. I thought that was, like, a neat little... I mean, I, don't, I forget one, which one of you guys said it, but it was, like, it was just one of those extra things to add on to, like, the fan servicing list in this entire episode, which is kind of neat.
2: Still like so, what did
4: you guys think was going to be under the the tarp
1: when she's like, "I got a ship was, for I you"? I honestly thought it was going to be like a pod racer. I <laughs> yeah,
4: th- I
2: thought it was a pod racer
3: too. I thought yeah, it was going to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Delta class Jedi starfighter. Mm. I never expected that, but I
4: was. I saw very the shape happy. of it. Which one's the Delta? I saw the shape of it, and I thought it was going to be like. For some reason, I was like, the shape looks like the Utapau like starfighter that Grievous. Yeah, yeah, actually, I did yeah. think
2: that at one point, too. I was yeah. telling that to uh, my, my brother-in-law. Cause I, I said, that's General Grievous' a ship. And he's like, no, it's a pod racer."
1: am <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. no, you're like, well, take
2: it off. It'll be General Grievous' ship.
3: I, I, I got to say, my, my favorite ship in all of Star Wars is the Naboo N1 Starfighter. So I was so very, cool. very pleasantly surprised that...
2: I did not expect that. I did not expect it. It was. A, I it did was not a expect very, it. And it I was also a good just didn't surprise. expect
1: it to be the one like I thought it was just going to be like a fan service moment like, Yeah. like oh, ha, ha, here's the real Yeah. Show. Yeah. But then they're like no nope, you're going to stay here you're going to help me fix it and I know you paid me but you're going to do all the work. Yeah.
2: And conveniently once they were done end up with the exact same color scheme as the Razor Crest. Yeah. Chrome <laughs> with bits of yellow. Oh,
3: I love how he like tri- yeah he like trims all the <laughs> all the paint off and leaves bits yeah. of yellow yeah. Yeah. Is um,
4: the astromech port like big enough is it going to be used <laughs> to like in Bodies. His, Bodies. his his like bounties yes that's what oh I thought. my god I think so, so. small <laughs> it's that's so tiny.
3: horrible yeah, you put yeah. Like a
1: refrigerator in it and you
3: just yeah keep it well he's got the dark saber now he can chop everyone up into pieces and then throw them in the hatch you know
2: ships like that though i always think i think back to when they're riding on the falcon and they, they like say a new hope for them to to, to go places it's just like that's like forty hours. Yeah. Can you imagine being in something that small for like forty plus hours to so go somewhere?
3: So long, yeah. It'd be awful. You know, A- AJ brought up an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, when When we were he he helped me um, well, you watched, he watched the episode with me when I was watching it for the second time, and I think it was his second time as well, or first or second time, one of the two. Anyway, he said uh, he said, "Where is he supposed to sleep now?" Yeah, exactly. And and I, I just right. I was like, oh yeah, like I guess. I guess he used the razor cl- crest to take naps. And, it was his and home. Yeah, it was like his house, right? But but yeah, this thing is like it's just his car, and, and he can't, you know he can't sleep in there. So or buy a tent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who and knows? Like he had an RV, and now he's just driving like a cool Corvette.
3: Now it looks super sweet, though. Like oh, especially yeah. with the third jet yeah. engine underneath the all the mods,
2: the hull, and everything.
1: Yeah, all, all the mods look super cool. All the and mods look really like cool. The, yeah. like that that air cleaner unit totally looked like like the blower from like a uh,
2: like a hot like a rod car
1: or something. Yeah. And it had like the carburetor, like air, air cleaner on top. And then just like the sound design and stuff when it started up was like so muscly. Like we never, yeah. Yeah. We never really hear anything that's like that throaty. Like we kind of get that with the pod races, but this yeah. sounded like just like an absolute machine. This
3: ship was a hundred percent tribute to like, Luke's like George's love of cars, you know, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, and, and I thought like American muscle style, yeah. so you know, cool. you take the sleekest ship, I think that's ever come out of Star Wars, and you put a, you know, like a V8 kind of style design on it, and it still looks cool
1: you know it's and a it's, like, stingray, it's like a corvette stingray in space that's yeah, I mean. yeah 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 exactly yeah
4: that's pretty accurate. he's like look lady uh I, I love what you did to it but i can't see a thing and like you put this huge like <laughs> carburetor engine like yeah. right in the front of my yeah. cockpit
3: like, like a vin diesel style uh what is it air Large intake trigger. you know yeah, like just sticking yeah. up the top yeah. yeah um i do want to bring up the fact that doug chang is actually involved with the mandalorian he's like the lead art designer uh on this show who was also uh the same guy who was uh, a part of the team on the phantom menace and designed the n1 starfighter so for him to come back 20 years later and redesign his own ship it's pretty cool was pretty yeah. special yeah, yeah it's like it's like telling the guy who made one of the most iconic ships ever to like it's like telling ralph mccoy like hey we need to come back redesign the x-wing to be even more badass and, you know, yeah. and it's not going to look like the one from The Force Awakens. It's going to look like <laughs> something even cooler, you know. Uh, because let's be honest, the Force Awakens one just is just bigger and it it's, just the jets are the different. Thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's basically the same thing. They so. just cut the jets in half and made it bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It, Did it, it, you guys notice cool. when they were building it, um, we finally got some closure on what the object... Was that Han and Luke like in the trash compactor? The yeah. yeah, yeah. Notice yeah, that. We know what it's called now? It's basically right. just
3: a Star Wars version of a cat bag. <laughs> Why was
2: that in
1: the yeah. Death Star it's trash a catalytic compactor? Catalytic converter. Yeah, it's like a well, Calvin the, Converter for Star Wars. The yeah.
2: proper name is Cryogenic Density Combustor Booster. Oh, Thank you. Thank there
1: you man go. Man, I
4: knew I recognized that thing from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I
2: was looking at it. I'm like, that's, that's from the trash compactor.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was that's
3: what it is. That's a good call I'm writing that down. I, I did not think to do that.
2: I also love the idea that he probably got a really good deal because all the modern parts were just stolen by Jawas that people's ships and <laughs> yeah. probably just like yeah. docked nearby. <laughs> it actually, yeah. it I actually, love that we got to have some
1: backstory behind behind the Jawas. Yes, Jawa, yeah, you know, exactly. Have them be on yeah. the right side of the the story. You know, they're they're benefiting the story instead of the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's true. No, totally. For the first
3: because we always see the Jawas taking apart the heroes' ships or whatever, trying you know, like Luke's land speeder and then the Razor Crest and. You know, it's always, it's always like, the protagonists of the story are always, like, they're always just the annoying little things that, you know, like, what are they even stealing these things for, right? Um, but, yeah, now, now it's, like... Now
1: we know that they profit from it because they get
4: to search through other people's garbage. <laughs> right? yeah, 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 yeah. Some was really profit from it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dating apparently, her. Apparently, Java's... Date humans. Got, like, very <laughs> yeah. active social lives. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I really like the way she described it, though. They're very
3: furry. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah very furry she also says like why i dated a java once and she like, yeah, i don't what? know like that
1: must have been improv she says or it, something she said it two times I think. yeah yeah she really did. wanted him to know she mentioned it a second time because the first time i was like no i didn't just hear that yeah. and then she says it again i was like
0: what, you t- you know, what? for I mean, how long
3: she is a comedian, I think by trade. So I, I guess maybe most of her lines, most of her lines do seem a little off script.
1: I, d- I mean, but I did have, I, I did feel like her character was a little out of place. Yeah, like she doesn't talk like, as if she belongs yeah. in Star Wars. I exactly, I, I felt like she was just doing a bit the whole time, and yeah. I right. felt like she thought she was funnier than she was. I'm a yeah. local girl.
2: I've never been anywhere. Yeah. I date Jawas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I date Jawas. It just yeah. felt a
1: little out of place. I didn't think it really felt like it was integrated in the world of Star Wars. Yeah, that was fine. It was kooky.
4: Did you guys but also have? It wasn't have, as uh, bad as
1: the Vespas and the cyborgs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys talked about that already.
4: Oh my gosh, they need to a lot, stop! The, stop letting Robert Rodriguez direct Star Wars. Cheese. <laughs> i those were, <laughs> they did like those were unused assets from Spy Kids. Like, yeah, yeah Spy Kids
3: three. Was this the oh. first episode that wasn't directed by him? Because Bryce uh, Dallas no. Howard
4: did this one. The first three, yeah. he directed. Favreau did it did one of them and it wasn't bad but did the ones did, that Robert did the last one
3: just horrible did did Favreau do the last one
4: I think so <laughs> that's my other favorite
3: episode yeah, too, yeah. I, I hate to say it but you're right I mean there's a bit of a pattern with
1: Robert's but the thing okay here's the thing he loves he, people like flying and doing like weird stunts and like yeah I'm oh, sure that that, so that best it, scene was like it all, was so bad.
3: like like he directed, probably, like, directed the directed. episode that Boba came back Which is why he's the guy that made this show, right? Like he's the guy that they gave that job to. So it's just better at
2: fighting combat than he is at chase scenes.
3: Yeah, it's just I don't know. I think he just had like a really clear idea for that one episode, and then, and then maybe uh, maybe he just I don't know. I think I feel like yeah, the vision was a lot more
1: involved though than just writing that or directing that one episode. Like wasn't he a writer? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he
3: was a writer on on that particular episode and then of course the events that kind of tie around it i think but but yeah he was very intimately involved with conceptually designing that whole fight sequence and stuff because he he talked about it in the mandalorian gallery and and said that he had his kids in the backyard with like action figures and stuff and they were you know making a rough cut of like how they would frame it and everything um and well,
4: that makes sense
3: and i thought to myself man this is the guy to do it you know like this is the guy that brought him back this is the guy to do it
2: and they gave him more power and he made spike it's four and
3: then, <laughs> well he made the first three episodes and i'm not saying they're bad it's just but yeah there's been there's been a lot of people online and, and even you guys i mean you know we've all got our our few like little complaints about this or that or whatever and they all happen to be in his episodes of this show so you know, you can't argue with stats, but like there is a bit of a pattern going on here, and and yeah, the last two episodes were easily my favorite. So, um, sadly, not not his. But
2: so we got to do a speed test. Yeah, how big were here. your guys'
4: smiles getting it's to see so big, man? That set again, hey? So <gasps> big,
2: awesome. So they went through Beggars Canyon. So was Be- Beggars Canyon in
1: the pod race? So it looked yeah, like yeah, the yeah. same set. Yeah, it was the exact it same really stuff. Yeah. He just went, yeah, he basically just drove the route of the park. Yeah, he drove, so he, drove cool. the,
3: uh, he drove the first third or something of the Boon to Eve classic. Before yeah. the cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before the cave. Yeah, he kind of, and you, I don't know if you also noticed, but if any if any of you guys are following this that podcast Twitter feed, I've been posting about this a lot with over the last two days, but um, I, made, uh, I did a comparison where I had the two photos of Phantom Menace and this episode, and the gate is still broken from when Anakin flies through oh, the gate. It must yeah, have been like the last the one. The yeah, and it's still huh. smashed. It was like, oh, that is such a cool reference. I was
1: expecting to see like, Tusken Raiders on there like, shooting shooting like, at him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just instinctively expected to hear that. Yeah. cry.
3: And, um, I mean, I mean of course... You could supercut it. <laughs> yeah, oh, you could supercut Phantom Menace potteries with that episode of, of Boba, and you would honestly... You, you could make it look as if he's in he's that in race. race,
2: right? Yeah. That could be fun. We should do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <like the laughs> yeah. Special Star Wars escape pod thing.
3: Yeah, 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 totally. And and uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right, Bryce. Like my my smile was like, oh, yeah. it was so big, fun. right? Like I mean. I, I mean, I, I know you have. uh I mean, you you like you like Episode One quite a bit, right? I mean, you got Robert Jar- yeah, Jar- really grasping again. He's really growing on you again. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for you to see this those, a pretty pretty special way. Eh? Yeah, I was
4: call, I was calling my partner into, into the room. It's like, babe, come in. babe, <laughs> yeah, come see, Get it <laughs> babe. It's Bakers Canyon. <laughs> They're going through the cave where where the blue alien exploded. It's just still
1: see, like, there. The same that exact same set, and like how the design of it was still instantly recognizable. Yeah, yeah. like even though it's been so long since the majority of people have seen it, you instantly recognize the set. Mm-hmm. And then to see it revi like revisualized with like high poly Geo and like, you know, yeah, it was uh, remodeled. Yeah. It was really, really cool to see. Yeah. It.
3: Absolutely. Um
1: we I also... think we should get Boba
2: to restart the pod racing. <laughs> Bring it back.
4: <laughs> it's first From... decree as as <laughs> yeah. <do>. Grand Wizard.
3: <laughs> Yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> we we had a cameo again from the x-wing pilot carson teva which shows up in the x-wing and uh investigates and he his voice <laughs> yeah po- carson teva or something like carson teva you know kim's convenience uh, he's uh he's he also asks din jar he says oh, your voice is kind of familiar like uh and then he asks about the Razor Quest and the Razor Crest razor and like Quest. the Razor Quest. The Razor Crest
4: and is uh, our sponsor for the <laughs> face podcast. <laughs> He'll never have a more clean face with the new Razor Quest. But <laughs>
3: well, order now, you get your free shaving cream and starter set. Pay ten bucks a month for some new razor blades. <laughs> yep. Our new cream,
2: Slimo slime.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order now, and you get the McClunky bonus gift. Um.
4: McClunky undies. McClunky. M- McClundies.
3: McClunky's. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got we had him showing up and asking about the Razor Crest and and uh, regarding the stuff on Navarro, which is what he was asking. Uh, what's her face? Is you know Gina Carano's character at the end of. Uh, of one of her episodes in season two of the Mandalorian. So he's still kind of, it makes me wonder like how much of that kind of was supposed to tie into Rangers of the new Republic, which now we're not going to get obviously, but uh, you know, maybe they're trying to kind of weave that story in somehow in basic well, formats.
2: It was put on hold, right? It wasn't, it, it was canceled. It was put, yeah. Not it was canceled having. entirely.
3: It's not happening. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was put on hold at first. And then about a month ago, they kind of came out and like, yeah, it's not happening at all too bad because yeah.
2: it it could have almost been this is another cameo to remind you that they're out there
3: yeah uh yeah exactly and and
2: funny though that Bando gets pulled over by the same guy
3: <laughs> right yeah an <in> entire <laughs> galaxy What are the <laughs> chances of that right well i think that's kind of the idea is like the new republic just didn't have any resources to spare for the outer rim so it's like the same rangers that are just kind of
1: Flying around all over the and place. And they just know everyone's voice. Like, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. being pulled over by a coffin and him being like, hey. He's just you. that good. Just he's by just your like, voice. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, they might be able to see him through the cockpit window. Probably not a lot of Crow Mandalorians passing through, I think. Right. But I don't know how good their eyes he would are.
1: Have said, he would have said, I recognize you. Like, I've seen your helmet before. But he's like, oh, your voice sounds. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to on, me- I'd
3: like to mention that when he lands and. Uh, Pelly asks him how it was. He says, "Wizard." Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's oh, really? It's yeah. straight oh, up. It's straight up the amazing. line that Kidster says mm-hmm. to Anakin. Yeah. It's like yeah. how,
4: that is so yeah. wizard, Annie. Yep, exactly. <laughs>
1: how was it? That's great, wizard. Yeah, wizard. Yeah, I've got I wasn't that sure. I here. wasn't sure that that's what he said I, when he said that. I was like, he totally said wizard, but
3: yeah, you <laughs> <He>
1: just confirmed it. <laughs> I was like, there's no way.
3: I'm pretty sure he said lizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, can we can we get a bit? Just say it a little more faster and more intense. I think you said lizard. <laughs> I want to make it clear. It's in, it's in a '90s trope. It's got to say wizard, <laughs> just like that. Wizard. So wizard, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a neat little callback there. But man, I, I got Phantom Menace vibes all over this episode, which was pretty yeah. sweet.
4: Yeah, it was awesome. I saw a little factoid that the the other um, X-wing pilot is the guy who like. Did the acting for Luke Skywalker? Yeah, he was the stand-in oh. for Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, from Mandalorian season two, you're talking. About. Yeah, the yeah. finale episode. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, it's mm. good to bring up. Yeah. Um, they also had a
2: the two X-wings. One was Red Squadron, same as Luke's, and the other one was Blue Squadron from Rogue One.
3: Oh, really? Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, there it's weird sure that they that would up. split up like a military squadron to do. Like patrol Freastic duty, stuff.
3: I guess they're just the, uh, <laughs> they're stretched so thin. Maybe yeah, maybe it's just because there's no war to fight. Maybe they don't need to be in their squads anymore. Maybe they're just like well, how many? They just
4: cop cars. X-wings are in a squadron. Like, do they assign two X-wings per like, like system? Maybe you must run out of ships pretty quick. Yeah,
2: Would that be the equivalent of us just there's no wars, so we just have cops drive around in tanks. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I
3: mean, well, I mean, Starfighters are kind of like the like they they don't have anyone producing new ships for them right now right so they they're just kind of using what they have it's like us looking around saying like hey that's a crown vic like yeah. they don't use those anymore right and like now it's yeah. all about the the, the the chargers right
2: i think they mm-hmm. move past that now too
3: <laughs> yeah, they're on to something else now
2: <laughs> yeah i think they're back to ford again oh okay all right
3: well yeah it's it's like us kind of looking it's like they the they're the old ships that being decommissioned and no longer relevant anymore and it makes That'll me make wonder sense. When are they going to start using the new things or when are we going to start seeing this stuff? Because it's only 26 or so years away from Force Awakens. And, and we do know that the Republic is not really militarized from the book Bloodline, which takes place 10 years later after this show does. So it's not too far off by the time we should start seeing some newer looking stuff. You know, what I don't I mean? think we will. But no, just, I don't. Yeah, maybe because, not. Just because it's like stylized in the original trilogy. Yeah, era, right? and yeah.
2: people like X-wings. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. People like the people, rea- the yeah.
2: old X-wings. Yeah, exactly. So they yeah. can just do cameo fanboy stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, be
1: surprised. that'll happen for a, for a period of time, but eventually you'll get to the point where we are right now, where like stuff from the prequels comes back, and we're like, oh yes, the Nubian <laughs> starfighter. That's so nostalgic, right? Mm-hmm. Like in ten or fifteen years, like our time, like our kids generation will be like, Oh yeah, raise raise X Wing or whatever, pose X Wing. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
4: yeah. That's true. No, it's it's it a is matter true, of time. Yeah. It's
1: just uh I think it's just the, the length of time between... Style goes and cycles. Out. Well, it's like anyone who
3: saw like the Naboo N1 and thought, that's the stupidest looking ship I've ever seen. And then, you know, now we're all celebrating that it's <laughs> coming back, right? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm 100% buying that in Lego, by the way. Um, yeah. Now, this this episode was insane. It connected us from Boba to Rebels and Clone Wars and Phantom Menace and, of course, A New Hope with the whole thing taking place in Mos Eisley, not Mos Espa. And so, you know, Cool. Very cool. Very Ooh. cool. Very cool. Oh, yeah.
2: I also want to point out that the hot-rotted version, it gave me uh, kind of like flashback reminders of the old Anakin's hot-rotted uh, starship from the old Clone Wars. Yeah, his modified oh, Jedi yeah. Starfighter. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Like, put in yeah. like those massive air intakes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The massive
3: jets on the back. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, and he had massive air intakes. yeah, it's so cool. I mean, I, I really, it's too bad they didn't have time to put that into the, the three D animated show because yeah, that would have been a really neat, you know, neat
4: way to.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they they didn't. They really should have done that. It's really yeah, cool. there's really no reason. So, to.
4: so Mando will probably be showing up in the next two episodes for sure.
2: Maybe mm-hmm. even all of them. Right? Yeah, there's rumors on the street. I don't know. How likely this is, but a lot of people are hoping that it means, uh, I'm blinking out her name now. But the, uh, Fennec Shand? No, not her. The uh, Republic woman will show up now too. The one that got kicked oh, out of yeah. those. Oh, those yes.
3: Well, there's rumors now that they're bringing her back.
4: But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Apparently she was, quote unquote, seen on set. Okay. I mean, no, that, right. that, that, that makes sense, though. I guess they'll be a part of their, like, Boba Rake Fett's death team. squad consisting of Black Kirsten and, uh, <laughs> Mando, mm-hmm. Gina Carrero, and four teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the, Black
3: Cordova? What's his
4: name?
2: Black
3: Crescent. That's it.
2: Yeah. Black Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah.
3: Black Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah. Chew, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's true. I, I mean, uh, I think I think it was only a week ago that I was I was. Saying to, to saying to you, and was Darian on last week? I forget. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I was saying, I was saying, like, how likely is it that we're going to see people like
4: Dengar or Bosk show up? You That's know? who I want
2: to see, and, to be honest. Yeah. Just I keep
4: seeing Simon Pegg saying he would love to play Dengar, and I'm like, I'd love that too. Yeah, because yeah. you can keep saying, "Shut up, Dengar." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, no, it's. I mean, because Simon Pegg voiced Dengar in the Clone Wars, and and so yeah, to see him kind of make an appearance in like live action without being wearing this big fat uncar plot rubber thing would be kind of neat you know like actually get him in in a character and uh see his facial, you know facial performances and all that stuff cuz he's a good actor and stuff but. so dangar in clone wars
2: he was when he was working with boba how old was he then because boba was a kid
3: yeah boba was like in his late or mid teens i guess cuz he was he, in attack of the clones he was Maybe like twelve. So was Dengar in his twenties or his thirties? Oh, Dengar must have been in his or like mid mid to late twenties. I would imagine.
1: Okay, so it's not too far of a stretch. No, yeah. Is Dengar in the in the movies? Is he in the original trilogy? Yeah, he's, he he mm-hmm. was
3: introduced in Empire Strikes Back on board the the X. Ex- he's one of the bounty hunters on the back of Vader. Yeah, yeah, was he's one the, of the turban guy. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, what are our, what are our thoughts for for next week? Because I mean, yeah, it's a kind of we're at a bit of a crossroads where. They could very easily transition this episode into basically just Mandalorian season three, you know, and and I don't think they will because that's
2: actually coming out. Right, (laughs) yeah,
3: but like my thoughts are like, is the next one gonna even have him in it, or are we gonna go back to Boba again? Because I don't think it will because he he
2: said he's got to go talk uh, meet with Grogu, who's gonna give him the armor or whatever. Right. Yeah. So So is he gonna be
3: in the rest of the show at all?
2: I think he's gonna show up not this episode, but the one after, which is the final episode, right? There's only two left. So
3: if he does, are we gonna see Grogu again and get resolution to that, or just, a or Luke? is it gonna be is it gonna be one of those high buy things and then we're filled in later, like, oh yeah, he did see Luke again, he did see Grogu again. Yeah, it's gonna be that for sure. Because that to me would almost feel a little clunky as far as like a
2: no. Why would he bring Grogu to help Boba Fett with this like? Dealing, I don't know if he knows what he's doing yet, but he's going to show up tattooing yeah. to deal with whatever, right?
3: I think something's going to happen before he can leave, and he's going to just get sucked into this whole thing before he can go off and see Grogu. That's possible. That's, that's what my thoughts are because I, I, I think there's a bit of a weird transition for him to just kind of leave and then come back again. I think
2: they would likely do that though, just because they don't want him to steal the show, yeah. And what's he going to be doing while Boba Fett's trying to hire more guys.
3: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, uh, we could but be in
2: looking at The canon
1: of Boba Fett's story is like he like sends Fennec Shan to go and get more muscle, and she comes back. She's like, couldn't. Like, he, he just left. He took off on me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Like he didn't give that her a too. rain
1: check. He's just like, nah, I don't need to. Yeah. No, he said he would. He, he, said, he, he said it's on the house. house. Yeah, he said it,
2: he'd do it. Uh, so is that, is for that free. a rain check?
1: It's like, oh, I'll come back. No, he said there's
2: one thing I need to do first.
1: Yeah, he said there's one thing I need to do first. Yeah, so maybe it's she goes back, <clears throat> and then he continues what he needs to do, and then the final episode we yeah. get to see him again.
2: That's what I'm thinking is going to happen.
1: Right, that would make more sense because then it would give it would give more excitement at the end when we get to see him again. Yeah, and so he's like not he just hanging around. Steal the show from? He'll be back for he'll be back
3: for sure. It's just a matter of like how they're going to work that Grover thing into it. Because, um, yeah, I'm a bit curious because uh, you know will we will we well we does that mean we're gonna maybe even see luke again if they follow it's his possible. story to a split story episode or whatever right
4: are, are we gonna see luke v mando dark saber fight over grogu <laughs> <laughs> he's my kid
3: or maybe maybe luke and boba will come face to face again and there's no hard feelings
2: <laughs> i think the the main like uh fight or whatever its going to get started. It's going to be some sort of cliffhanger at the end of next episode, I think. So something's yeah. going to have to happen. I would expect with the pikes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Something, something's got to happen. Something
2: something's to put Boba and team on their back foot.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, um, we're only, only what, like six days now, I guess, from getting that information? <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, do you guys have any any notes or last last minute things you want to bring up? Well, I just know that
2: whatever we're going to get here at the end, it's going to be a wizard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 what about you, Calvin?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, I... I feel bad saying like I just want more. I want more Mandalorian now after <laughs> seeing that. Yeah,
3: no, I think uh, it's it's true. I mean, you know, we all want more Mandalorian. Again. There's no hope, shame in I that.
1: Hope, I hope Boba Fett gets some like redeemed redemption, like character-wise. Like I hope we get to see him do something really exciting. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I think, yeah Looking forward to him being badass. Like we all we yeah. all know he is. He's got to do something competent soon. Competent yeah. and
2: on his own. I feel like he's starting to have too many goons do stuff for him, which is kinda of taking away exactly. from his
4: character. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see we're gonna see the, the the four little cyber kids get creamed and Boba Fett is gonna get some mad revenge.
2: Dare I say disintegrated? Could we be lucky <laughs> enough? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And Bryce, you do, uh, any last thoughts on this?
4: Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, looking looking forward to more uh, episodes directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Big fan of his. Big fan of his work.
3: All right, cool. All right, cool. Thanks, guys, for coming back on the show, all three of you. I guess we'll see you uh, hopefully all in the next one or the one after or whenever. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Josh. Keep flying. All right. And uh, to all you guys at home, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, naturally, You know we uh we absolutely love chatting star wars so you can follow us on the twitter at sw escape podcast and our instagram same tag it's all in the description below along with a link to leave a voicemail if you want to hear yourself on the show and uh ask any questions or whatever you know we'd love to uh love to hear your feedback on what you think of this episode the book of boba fett of course and uh, what you think is going to happen in the coming weeks. Uh, And, uh, you know, aside from the end of that show and the reviews for the next two episodes of that, we also have a special episode we plan to do for Star Wars Podcast Day, which drops February 7th, I believe. So stay tuned for that and potentially a live show. We'll catch you guys in the next one. May the Force be with you.